Fantasy NBA Hybrid Podcast brought to you by Kyle Stein, Jay Uzi, and me, Michael Kimball. We are still here in week 17 with a corollary pod to our last one. Last week's pod, or actually yesterday's pod, whatever we're calling it, doesn't matter. We did a pod, we talked about the trade deadline, now we're talking about how those trade deadline moves influence fantasy play stats etc for the rest of the year let's start with the pistons who made a fair amount of moves well they didn't actually make a fair amount of moves they made many fewer moves than anybody expected but a lot of players are influenced on this team and other teams because of the moves so drummond getting traded was the big move Opening up time for Christian Wood, who looks to be amazing and could save my fantasy season. Hopefully, it opens up minutes for Seku. We might even see more time for Svi, Brown, or Makur as we head down the stretch. Makur's been playing incredibly well since Drummond moved on. Any other fantasy implications for the Pistons and or the Cavs? Because we're looking at the Cavs. Drummond's the starting five. Tristan Thompson's going to disappear. Maybe he's a buyout. Is anybody a buyout? Um, They've said that they aren't going to buy him out. They're not. They, yeah. Okay. The Cavs have. have so Thompson's that so fantasy value is gone. Woods is up. Sekou's could be. Uh, Bruce Brown's probably holding strong. Thon Mucker, uh could be some upside there. Any other implications for the Pistons or the Cavaliers? I think Reggie Jackson is a buyout candidate. That's yeah. what I'm hearing. He might be bought out. Especially since Collison uh, didn't come back. And yeah. the Lakers seem to be hoping that would be the case. Is Reggie Jackson actually a viable candidate for the Lakers or no? I mean, I think just about anyone is a viable candidate <laughs> for the Lakers since the other option is Rondo, who's very inconsistent. Right. Um, I mean, I think Caruso's solid. Uh, Rondo on a on the right night is is good, but yeah, they I think they very clearly need another ball handler and a creator. Um, so I don't I don't think they can really be too choosy. They didn't get Marcus Morris. They didn't get Collison. Um, so yeah, I mean they're they're trying out Deion Waiters and J.R. Smith. So <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm hoping this is the part of Reggie's career where he becomes what maybe he should have been all along, which is the sixth man that he was in Oklahoma City. And his game has always been well tailored to it. And he never really became the type of floor general point guard that the Pistons thought they were getting. There were only a couple of entities who thought Reggie Jackson was that starting point guard. One of them was Reggie Jackson, and the other one was the Detroit Pistons. Sadly for the both of you. But I could still see Reggie giving somebody like the Lakers a spark who don't, besides the aging Rondo, don't have a traditional one. You know, Bradley or Caruso, like it's, it's a, they're not really strong options to run an offense, though they can't. Yeah, so I mean, we were talking about fantasy implications. Seku, is he a drop sometime soon? I I mean, I've had um, a number of people tell me I need to drop Seku. I'm not willing to do so yet. <laughs> it's a keeper league. It's and a keeper league, which is a big part of this. If it weren't a keeper league, I would have dropped he's him. He's shown a lot in terms of long-term potential already. Right, and that is where his value lies right now. The issue is... 
as I gear up, hopefully, for the difficult Tigers making a playoff run and scorekeeper, he's a liability at this point. Unless he makes those adjustments, I'm hoping he still has to make, and that all comes together in about the next four weeks. So my line, my fantasy take on him, I'm revealing to the two of you now and anybody else in our league that watches, I'm holding Seku unless I absolutely have to let him go. If Seku gave me a block and four rebounds a game, he's solid for me. <laughs> like He would fit with what I have going. That was actually what made me drop um, Jackson Hayes. Was I, I basically said the same thing. You know, right. a, a block a steal, you know, a few rebounds, some points here and there. And it got to the point where it wasn't even really that, the, the, <laughs> sure. the production. You know, when they're only sure. sometimes getting seven to ten minutes, it just, right. there's, even good per-minute guys can't really do much with that. Of course. I, I do wonder if you'll find yourself in a similar position sooner rather than later, partially because of how well McCurr is playing. and. Right. Um, they have a lot of guys coming back. Um, yep. You know, Svia isn't playing right now. Luke Kennard is out. and Both expected back relatively soon. Exactly. They've got a lot of mouths to feed. And Marker, just, I, 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 I'm stunned that he's playing that well, but he is. <laughs> and he will continue to get those minutes from Casey as long as he does. The playoff series the Bucks had against the Celtics when he... Um, he had, I think he had two pretty good games, but one of them in particular that really stood out. And I've always been high on him ever since then. To be able to come in in that kind of atmosphere, um, which was a very tough seven-game series, and to knock down threes and to play serviceable defense, um, I thought really spoke a lot to his potential. And you know, he's he's going to be the player he is for the, for his sure. career. He's he's you know. He's a lit, He's a bit slight, and right. uh, he's he's gonna have to be. He's gonna have to make his name um, on the perimeter, and I think he can. And, he's starting and to I'm do really it. hope he does for the Pistons because we need something to root for there. Definitely. Um, that said, I, I haven't mean, picked him up yet, so he's still available in our <laughs> league. Maybe he's available in your league. He is one of the few starters. Available. He's one of the few NBA starters available. Uh, I believe there are two on the Pistons right now, though I'm not sure because Snell would be the other one uh, who is starting and nobody has picked up. Um, but, you know, the other side of this. So I have worries with Seku and, and what the fantasy implications are for him. I hope he just gets minutes. And I think if he gets back to 20 minutes a game, I'm probably keeping him for the next four years. Christian Wood has been amazing. His numbers are incredible. He may save my fantasy season after Jonathan Isaac went down, and he's been a great replacement there. Um, his keeper value is great if the Pistons hold on to him. Unclear if they don't. So one of the other trades that, um, and sorry, uh, this is me again, uh, the, the Covington trade, has influenced a great deal what is going on with my team. Covington's numbers have gone up quite a bit, and that's been fantastic to see. Um, however, P.J. Tucker at the five has been really, really terrible the last two and a half games. We just checked the stats at halftime today. I think he had he was over two 
with two rebounds and one steal and maybe a turnover. That was the full line for P.J. Tucker, who is normally putting up some real numbers. There are actual rebounds being rebounded, and there's a steal and a half out there, and there's a three-pointer and maybe some other points. This guy is worn out with what he's doing, and it's the classic, does it show up in the box score? I'm telling you, it's not showing up in the box score anymore. He might be my next drop. So some unexpected fantasy implications there uh, with what's happening with Tucker. Um, I mean, yeah. He had uh, nine points, three rebounds, four assists. Um, not, I guess not really what you're looking for in terms of steals and blocks. So Or rebounds, really. Yeah. That's a negative well, rebounds, rebounds. He should have seven a game, I think it is, is his average. And yeah. it's been a marked drop-off in the last three games. And it's just he looks tired, and it's definitely showing up in the box score and what else he's being asked to do on the court to hold that defense together. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a relevant question of how quickly do you punt punt on someone like him just because uh, he has been providing you a fair amount of value and because now you have one of the players who's on the same team with him, which affects his value. So it's a a tough question. Right. So – the numbers will will tell the story eventually. I'm hoping he bounces back after the uh, All-Star break. Um, so fingers crossed on that. Let's talk about one of the other big trades um, and, and the influence on this value, Capella, and this fantasy value. Capella going to the Hawks. Kyle, I think you like it. Yeah, so I mean, the place I'll start is that people who are doomsday saying about Capella going to a bad team and his season being over um, as if teams who have a sub 500 record or aren't going to make the playoffs just stop playing, um, I think are far exaggerating um, the hit that he'll take to his numbers. Um, I expect that he will he'll produce at about the same levels that he has been to this point in the season. And also notable. He's going to um, score more points, no? Yeah, I think they'll score some more points. Um, but maybe not. for your field goal I, I should say. He, he may will be very good for your field goal He may score some more out. points per minute, but I do think that it's possible that, that he doesn't play as many minutes. He has been hobbled, and he, they aren't really playing for sure. anything. Sure. Um, it. But that's tough to say. I mean, what I was going to say also was that, um, you know, Basketball Monster projected his rebound totals to go down pretty substantially, as with the other players on the team, because of the introduction of Russell Westbrook and his, um, you know, glass grabbing. Um, And... It didn't really play out that way. I mean, well, Capella's Stephen rebound Adams numbers were to go were, up were, apparently, and that didn't happen either. So, yeah, now he's giving all the rebounds to Shea. That's why <laughs> Shea had a twenty rebound game. Get out of here! <laughs> it's kind of did amazing, it, though. Was it a twenty twenty game? Did he score twenty two? Yeah. Ah. Oh, did how, they, how many? Did they give him the? Did they help him get to the twenty rebounds? I don't know. I mean, I just I find it hard. To, I don't think Steven Adams is that bad of a rebounder. I feel like he's just giving these guards, all, every guard that plays with them, he's giving them all the rebounds. He's always been a team player. Yeah, he doesn't care. <laughs> he doesn't care. Like, if somebody didn't care about their stats, I think it's Steven Adams. How many 2020 games is that behind Andre Drummond now? 
I don't know. Uh, it's it's Drummond minus one. <laughs> That's the formula. <laughs> yeah. Um. I think um Capella should be. I think his value should hold, if not increase, with the Hawks. Both the rest of the, maybe not the rest of this year, as you're saying. There's some injury concerns. Right. Maybe the Hawks rest are eager to rest him to improve their draft pick. Yada yada yada. But I mean. The Hawks aren't a great rebounding team. Capella will be the best rebounder on the team. Um, I don't think John John Collins is going to be stealing rebounds from him. He didn't let Russell Westbrook steal rebounds from him. He's got incentives in his contract to get rebounds. Um, so, I mean, I feel like the rebounds should hold. He should be getting all the opportunities to uh, catch lobs and dunks uh, from passes from Trey Young. So I feel like it's a great fit for him. Um, and he's really behind, I think, only Drummond in terms of steals from a center. He, you know, he not he not only gets good block numbers, but he gets he gets about a steal a game. You know, I think Drummond's at one point five, but I th- and I think Capella is somewhere. Well, Drummond's outrageous with steals he's very, for a center. He's very but good. Is Capella over one? You know, there are only a few guys that sort of. Get I want to check. Price is close. Um, Capella's there. Uh, Robert Williams, uh, w- w- when he gets enough minutes, he gets a steal in there. Um, trying to think of who else. Well, maybe P.J. Tucker now, since he's officially a five. But there aren't too many guys that pull that off. Yeah, so uh, while you're looking up, looking that up, Kyle, we were talking about this four-team trade. So we talked about Capella, we talked about Covington, and how it's that affects. It's not like that. It's point eight. .8. All right. Yeah. Still take it at that position. And how that affects P.J. Tucker. And I think um, from the t- Minnesota Timberwolves side of the deal, I think Beasley it should be on the uptick as far as fantasy goes for oh, the rest yeah. of the seasons. Yeah. For the rest of the season, he should have a lot more opportunity. Um, he hit seven threes, I think, in his first game. So I mean, this bam. is a serious tryout for the Wolves' contract for Malik Beasley. Yeah, as I wrote in my piece for Razball, he's a restricted free agent, as is Hernan Gomez. Uh, but I think Beasley will have uh, much more league-wide interest. So it behooves the Timberwolves to see exactly what they have in him, to give him every opportunity to succeed, to expand his skill set, to show them exactly what he is so that they can calibrate their offer for him this summer and determine you know, how badly they want to keep him, how high they'll go uh, in matching uh, any restricted free agency offer. So you know, should be a boom in terms of opportunity uh, for him. And D'Lo, for all his faults, is a really good passer. Um, he can throw some really nice passes out of the pick and roll to shooters. He and Joe Harris had a nice connection um, in Brooklyn. Right. It's uh, D'Lo's numbers? I mean, I think they should, they've got to maintain or go up. He should yeah. have even more opportunity. You know, Steve Kerr is sort of anti-pick and roll sometimes yep. you know yep. so uh he did have a high usage i think he's in the low 30s like around 31 32 so i mean any more than that is pretty crazy but right. i think it should stay there or slightly increase because they've built the team around yep. d and towns and yep. d and towns pick and roll and he towns is certainly a better pick and roll partner than anyone he had uh with golden <laughs> very, state very true he hasn't um, had that for a while yeah teams Ever? are going to teams are going to be reluctant <laughs> to switch cuz they don't want to put a small guy on towns um yeah. i i do expect his numbers to go up quite a bit from what it, what he was getting in golden state i mean that may just mean more like last year's brooklyn numbers their offense is going to be good yeah i mean that's they're not going to be able to play a lick of defense but their offense, they should, I mean, I would imagine that they could potentially get in top five in the league, you know, um, especially if they 
you know, this would, um, I don't know how long I'm actually going to hold on to Jarrett Culver, but if they got him out of the starting lineup too and got in one more shooter, I mean, I, that would just really tank their defense because he's maybe the one guy in the starting five who plays serviceable defense, even though I think as a rookie he's still a, a negative on, he's still on defense. But he's, the, there, but, but he's yeah. the one who you who has um, – He's got the build and he's got the instincts to do it. So we've talked about the keeper value for Culver uh, a couple other times on the pod. Has this trade cratered his value a little bit? I mean, he's not going to be the one there now, obviously. Hope we- springs eternal for me. <laughs> I, uh, I I haven't dropped him in part because I think that he could be a player who plays well when he has a good team around him. Yeah. And I do think that the the team sort of shores up his weaknesses now in a way that I think that he could potentially benefit from. He's not going to be asked to do too much. Um, I, what, you know, Part of what I got really excited earlier in the year when he was handed the keys to the offense because I'm like, wow, there's usage. There's a possibility for more assists, you know, and uh, just more action in the game. And it really didn't turn out that way and that's not to say at some point in his career later he couldn't develop that skill set and you know feel for the game uh, but it wasn't there then and um, and I just wonder now if sort of scaling back the ask on him could could open up yeah, a little bit more confidence and supporting numbers for him may go, his efficiency numbers could go up and I think his supporting numbers could go up. Maybe he's not scoring as much, maybe he's not getting the assist, but I could see the defense. I'd like stats to see him coming. get a few more rebounds. Yeah. For one yeah. thing. And he won't have Wiggins and uh Covington there yeah. and it's some space. Uh, these, uh, the uh, one of the other pieces in that trade um, that we mentioned, Hernan Gomez, does he become fantasy viable? Yeah, right well, on the border. Well, let me just be the the non optimist on right. Jared Culver because his jump shot is woo. It's a uh, it's not great. Um, it's ugly. It's not as good as his mom's eggs. <laughs> he's shooting thirty eight percent from from the field right now and twenty seven percent from three. And I think it's important uh, to note that I am sort of. This player type is not a player type that I tend to believe in. Uh, we were talking about off the pod. Kyle was talking about how Alfred Payton uh, really has held his value over the next over a stretch of years, even though he's not a great shooter. Um, and so I think there's a possibility that Culver could, uh, you know, approximate that a guy who's not a great shooter who has the ball in his hand enough to make an impact, as you said, can get steals, rebounds, assists, all those sorts of things. So I think it's completely possible. Um, I think he'll probably be a better fantasy player than he is a real NBA player. Um, and I think that's exactly what I'm betting on. Yeah. And I think, uh, as far as D goes, I, I think you can expect his numbers to go up if only in like scoring and assists, his numbers are pretty much the same as last year. Uh, he averaged 21 points a game last year. He's averaging 23.6 this year. He averaged seven assists last year. He's averaging 6.2. So you could expect those assists to go up. There's fewer ball handlers, fewer people getting assists in Minnesota likely, but everything else is pretty much the same. He's shooting better from three, He's shooting the same field goal percentage overall. So, um, what you're hoping for, I guess, is like a, an uptick in points and assists uh, if he just gets right. hot or if the opportunity really goes up. But he's he's the same player, I think. Yeah, I really 
wish you know i'm feeling like rachel nichols right now i i feel like i want my trade air horn right now because <laughs> we just had a trade go through we just had a trade go through yeah in in scorekeeper <laughs> okay wow I, uh, I haven't even <laughs> i haven't even looked at the terms of it yet but i you know it's been sent to me as commissioner to approve and so let's just Give let's, it to us. let's do it live pending transactions it's between the step back and mordant slobs okay Oh, let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. He's it's Gasol yeah. for <laughs> who? Yeah, I was offered Gasol for Conley, so I think Gasol is on the move. That's it's going to be Gasol and someone not on the move. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Oh, I have another guess. Is it Bielitsa? Steals going back to the step back. Whatever the trade is, is steals the is. key. It, it's yes. it's Marcus Smart <laughs> going to the step back. Who do you think Morden Slobs is trading, getting back in return? Bielitsa? Close, actually. It's it's Joe Ingles. Okay. So, I mean, it's, you know, the player type matches. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a fit for both of them. Yeah, I think it's a great fit. Um, I think I have to approve it immediately because I completely, I I second your motion. I see no objections here. (laughs) All right. No, that is, that is the perfect. Oh, I or, can't do it because they're perfect fantasy trade though, where both teams improve. It's great. They both fill needs. Those players, one of the players is playing right now or played tonight, and so we can't do it until after the league processes overnight. But I'll I'll approve it as soon as uh, as soon as I wake up tomorrow. If um, I'm if I'm not mistaken, my trade was also with Morden Slobs, correct? It was, uh, yes. Yeah, so it seems like Morden Slobs is making a push to get in the playoffs. I think he's ninth right now. So, yeah, it's fun. And he just got back Oladipo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which um, which is, is not tech. going great so far, but, no. <laughs> you know, no. that could obviously well, turn around Well, but if you, can, if you consider him coming onto your team as an end-of-bench guy, right? Yeah. All he has to do is repl- – when he's coming up, you know – off injury and you were doing okay treading water yeah all you have to do is he has to be better than your last player to improve you and i think he's still obviously done that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right um yeah our the scorekeeper playoff season um, just since we're talking about fantasy now is shaping up to be a really interesting run um, we have the step back who's been leading the league all season, just sort of walking away with it after he had a great draft uh, in part and some solid keepers from the previous year. Um, might be running into some serious challengers, though. Um, coming up strong in the second seed right now in Trepid Trepanation, which has uh, the two giant statistical bigs uh, leading Jokic the team. and Cat. Jokic and Cat, which is sort of terrifying, but oddly, in fantasy basketball, beatable. It's been beatable. So I'm not sure you put those guys on a real court together, same team. It'll be interesting to see when he gets Otto Porter back, because I think that that's the piece that could really pull everything together. It puts him over in rebounds and steals, and I think that that could be... That could be the move that really changes things. Is I'm not Otto sure Porter we'll get coming Otto back? Porter. He's yeah. expected back <laughs> early March. It just keeps getting pushed back, though. You're right. It could fall out of the fantasy playoff window, and, yeah, he would be sunk uh, somewhat. It's funny because I recommended that he include Otto Porter and bring back uh, Chris Paul, 
and he didn't want to do it. And it looks very much like that it would have been, been prescient if he had. It would have been. Very, it would have been just smart. what he needed. Yeah. 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 Um, and so, besides, but besides uh, what I just described happening, we have some other teams who have who have sort of started playing extremely well. Round Ball Rock, who made a lot of changes last or earlier in the season to set up for keeper value for next season, that keeper value has transformed into some amazing play. Dividends already paying, and he like Round Ball Rock could win the playoffs this year. He's just gotten into the playoff. Seeding, I think he's seventh now. Like, he went, he he went up could to make fifth. a run. It, so, or or maybe he dropped back down to seventh. But he he? Had, he he had gotten oh, up. To he, fifth he had a bunch of guys point. injured last week and dropped back down. That's right. That's what happened. But if he gets those healthy, I mean, I think he had four or five ing guys that he couldn't let go. If he gets those guys back, it's scary to have him showing up in the playoffs. It's scary for Morton Slobs too. Like the and then. We have a bunch of teams in the middle. Uh, Kyle, Sigma, I put you in that category. I'm a little lower than you probably in that category. But teams that can be any other team on any given week if, if you know things are running well. So we could have an easy six solid teams that could win as we head into the playoffs, maybe more. That's just the way you like to see it. I mean, if you look back, I think you know it can always seem like there was – sort of um there was inevitable there's an era of inevitability to it um but if you look back at the playoffs last year all the matchups came down you know to you know one or two categories and a lot of times came down to sunday night yeah you know and i remember fretting out two the first two rounds before i sort of started roundly beating teams but there right. was that moment when yeah it's always it's always closer than what it seems it's going to be well and it, margins are slim it, it was statistically a fairly high probability not 50 percent, but fairly high that you could have lost either of those first two matchups by the time you got the championship matchup last year I, I think you had it one after one day or two days or something the way the official the way the percentages went and a couple other things you were able to lock it up pretty early um started sitting players just to sort of to manage those efficiency numbers i don't see that i mean it could happen it could happen with any matchup but i think there's going to be a lot more strength in this year's playoffs than there was in last year's um i'm I'm taking us a little askew with that little uh uh. fantasy (laughs) note further fantasy note um furkan korkmaz started today uh for the first time this season i believe um but in any case it's definitely the first time in place of al horford uh just abysmal game oh for (laughs) oh for five from the field with one rebound and one steal, and that's the complete one line. One of the hardest things to watch in the NBA is when that young player gets that chance. That starting, you know, somebody else is out, they're switching things up, whatever it is, they get that chance, and then that. Yeah, and Round Ball Rock picked him up for today's game, uh, I, I assume, thinking he was riding the wave, and that wave crashed. Yeah. The, that 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 wave was over, and I think it could be over for the foreseeable future with those other players they brought in, Glenn Robinson, Alec Burks. It sort of destroys the value, I think, for all three of those guys in fantasy. Agree, or do you think one of those might get some run that makes them, keeps them viable as 
something beyond an end of the bench guy. There may be no value for all three of those guys except streamer. For all three of them oh, and Thibel too. Well, four including Thibel. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm wondering because I know you've been a little worried about Thibel. I mean, I think I have to drop him. I just haven't been willing to. I'm playing Kyle right now where I just hold my guys and I don't let go because there's nothing else out there I want. I believe in not making rash decisions. Um, speaking of decisions, though, we had another move in the league. This one's um, minimal, a small move, but it relates to what we were just talking about, and that is that Thon McCurr has been rostered now. Oh, who took him? Mordant Slobs. So Mordant wow. Slobs is making some moves. He, he, uh, he might be doing some team analysis right now and figuring out where he's going to shore up his uh, I'm deficiencies. Sure he's on Basketball Monster. He's run the projected, the new projected standings multiple times, and he's checked his team analysis, and he is taking his final form. That's taking the final form. Taking a final form that is going to involve Joe Ingles and Thon McCurr. Not what I was expecting for Morton Slobs, but I like it for him. I'm a, I wish that I had picked up Thon McCurr. I mean, partially just because I wanted to bet on him, but that I didn't bet on him maybe says a little bit more about what I think about the Pistons' chances of really anything panning out for them. And the Pistons' rotations, which are entirely questionable at times. So it's sort of a risky move to make if it's something you're counting on. If you're streaming him, fine. But that's what I mean. It's part yeah. of the reason why their yeah. their rotations churn is because they just don't have sure bets. Right. Yeah. Um, okay, where – let's see. Who else uh, – oh, Marcus Morris. His Jail. numbers are going to go down a little. Yeah. I would I would imagine his numbers will go down maybe significantly simply because he was the best player on the Knicks team. He got all the shots he wanted. He could take the bad shots. Some of them were going in this year. He's shooting um, a career high from three. I think it's still in the 40s. Um, he was a fantasy steal for the first half. Yeah, that's, that's not going to be the case, obviously. For the Clippers, he's going to be the third or f- he's going to be the fifth option. You know, you got Kawhi, PG. Uh, Lou Will, Montrez Harrell, um, you've got Patrick Beverly. So it's tough. He's he's going to be a role player. He's going to be a much more of a bit player. Um, Do you keep him? I mean, you I hold him. I think I'd I'll keep him or try and trade him if I can get value for him. But if the rest of the people in our league are paying attention, they'll expect <laughs> right. expect his numbers to drop and not really want to give up anything for him. So that was probably like a a fault on my part of not trying to trade him before the trade deadline when his value was highest. Right. Those basketball monsters sell highs. It's almost impossible to do if you're in a league that pays any attention at all. But basketball monster continues to recommend sell highs and buy lows. Mm -hmm. It's almost impossible to pull off in real fantasy play. I expect his numbers to be, you know, he was near 20 points a game. I bet he keeps 13 Points a game, maybe, is where where he might be. Um, I think they're going to lean on him a bit. He's going to have one and a half threes a game, 12 points, five rebounds, uh, 0.4 steals, 0.8 blocks. A little high on the blocks, I think. But Oh, right. 
Yeah, but yeah, you're, you're right. It's like point four, point four, point four, point four, somewhere around there. <laughs> right. If he if he's only scoring twelve points, and a this game. is how basketball monsters, which will be very good for yeah, which will be very good for the Clippers, um, and will be an end of bench. You know, he'll be one of your bench players, one of your four bench players. It, like I definitely think he's going to be rostered the whole rest of the season. Right. Uh, we're, we have a fourteen team league, so we run about one hundred and ninety six players active. At any given time, we and run when you factor the in seventh or eighth man, when you factor in the IL, and that you know a lot of teams do carry IL players, you're looking at about 210 players being rostered at any given time. I would expect, even given those numbers, that Marcus Morris would be in the 150 range. Um, I I, yeah. I don't think he's going to yeah. drop too much farther yeah, than he that, won't fall which out means of top 200, which means that he's going to be very you know, very in rosterable territory and even on the best teams. Right. The other piece of that trade, a guy who off and on sat on our waiver wire and and scorekeeper, Harkless to the Knicks, lost significant value, might get bought out. Yeah, has he even played yet? He hasn't played yet. I don't think he has. Yeah, I think he's definitely a buyout candidate. You you would – think like i don't know he could join the lakers or he could join any of these playoff teams joining the lakers would be funny in a way because i think he's still a really valuable player and to have the clippers let him go and have him somehow end up back in los angeles on the other side of the corridor yeah Um, i love the story this this is a question i want to ask more for my own self-interest uh duncan robinson is on my team right now he's 68th according to yahoo in uh total season value uh, and I believe he's 99th in uh, per game value average. Uh-huh. Um, what what do we think about a play like this? He's basically a threes streamer, like a three point specialist, but he's pretty darn good at it. Uh, I think he made like, let's see, I think he's made six threes in multiple games recently. You asking wow. long term value, end of season value? Uh, more long term. I mean, I don't okay. think I'm gonna keep him, but like. I don't know. He's one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA. That'll depend on your build. I bet you if you have... In his build, he's much stronger than Yeah, I bet you if you have a build that is... I would would think that if you were going to go for turnovers, say that you were going to try to win turnovers, Mm -hmm. um, win three-pointers, and win free throw percentage, I would think that he would gain in value and he might push up into that territory where paying five bucks for him next year because i assume he wasn't drafted this year Mm -hmm. you know i would run the numbers on it obviously before i considered any of that but that wouldn't you know that wouldn't seem outside the realm of possibility yeah yeah i've been really questioning this is a serious concern for me right now when you're making keeper decisions do you base your dollar values on league value or on team value? And I'm starting to, Both. you know, I, I've, I've in the past gone largely with value for my team. Um, it, I had a really solid um, sort of unwavering build um, where I punted uh, free throw percentage and turnovers, um, largely based on LeBron James and Ben Simmons, and then sort of filled in around there with Clint Capella and Rudy Gobert and De'Aaron Fox as those players came to me. Um, As I go forward and I don't have that strong nucleus in the same way, 
I start to think that uh, keeping players based on league value is smarter, that you know you need some flexibility, you need to be able to get equal value in return in a way. Um, and if you're buying a player because they're worth so much more in your build in a, in a certain way, um, you could, in a sense, get less back um, in any trade that you had later because you just simply invested well, no, too you much in them. That you absolutely do get less back. And you have to make that balance between that league value and the perceived value by the other managers and the value to your team build. So there is a, there is a sweet spot in there for those two things with the understanding that if you're drafting or trading or whatever for somebody who's perfect for your build, it's probably not going to be perfect for somebody else's build and they can't possibly value them as much as you do. So there's sort of a little double whammy in there on your value if you're trying to move those guys or trade those guys. So it is problematic. It's one of the things I've liked about the Sigma team that you've created, Kyle, is you've always had a lot of value in your core across the categories you are competing in. You've always had a ton of value there that made that sort of flexibility possible. And it's the kind of thing you did with the, um, the Capella trade a season or two ago. It's the thing you did with, was it Middleton this year? Did you trade him out? I just dropped him. I, I had to let him go. He was actually a great value, but okay. I decided to keep a rather expensive Rudy Gobert to shore up my core Which was categories. right for your build. Yeah. And you needed to do that. And so there is, a, you know, that, that's something, you, you know, I like to make a lot of trades, uh, but I also draft very strongly for my build. So I figure all of that in. One of the things I did this season, and um, you've mentioned it offhandedly without, uh, offhandedly without um, quite articulating what I was trying to do there, but I overdrafted some categories, assuming I would trade out of them because I had so much of the category <laughs> than other that other people, everybody would need that category because I had so much of it. And then and people it, gave up on it. But on people gave up on it, which yeah. I wasn't counting. I was able to trade enough of it away, and then I had enough of it get Is hurt. This it didn't matter. So, Is, was blocks the one blocks. you traded? Yeah, I would I would figure. So I I, I was able to draft value there. Uh, easily, and then I traded out of some of it because I didn't, knew I didn't need it all. You know, running into injuries complicates that <laughs> a great deal, and you think losing Jonathan Isaac hurt a lot, um, uh, him more than me. But um, it's it's that value. That there's always going to be that weird balance, and it's a continually shifting thing in fantasy basketball. So I spoke way too long about that topic. But no, I really I, like that topic. <laughs> the, those conversations can be pretty abstract, but they—that's really where, especially toward the end of the season, my thinking is going. The big abstract lines, like what, how do I make a valuation? How good is my build right now? Not just for you know the end of this season, but factoring it for future years. And can right. I pivot out of a build that's kind of falling apart? And sure. how do I do it? How do I start to reevaluate players? And part of what I've done is, you know, Monster gives you a lot of great tools to do this, is go through 
different punt builds and see where my core players for next year will rank in them yep. and try to find some equilibrium in yeah. a way among a couple players who are pretty different, but they happen to be my core values right, right. now. Right, you know. Well, in a, well you, you know, you have core valuable players. In a core sense, values. Beside your free throw punt and turnovers, which with the guys you have, you and you you're locked into. Because you're so strong in those other seven cats, not three so much, but other six cats, you have flexibility to pivot. You can pivot out of that and into something else in a variety of ways, especially after the season. But you could even do it in season, as you are, I think, a touch. Um, right now. So, you know, that comes from having value on the team and then being able to turn that value into something else. Yeah. What other trades have we missed here? There were a couple of other players I was really thinking about. Um, you know, part of, them we, part of the players, I have Covington and P.J. Tucker in my other league in a very similar build to the one that you have. Um, right. In this one, um, also that was built around Jonathan Isaac, and Jonathan Isaac, of course, got injured, and it's really he throw, was throwing a wrench in that. He went oh, down, man. And he was, looked amazing. He was, he was, uh, he was superstar lines, on the like on the rise. Yeah, I was going to say he was a pleasure to watch, but not only was he a pleasure to watch, his stat lines were a pleasure to watch. Yeah. Build, they were glorious, just absolutely glorious. And and so I'm thinking, you know, we've covered a couple of of the. The players I, I've really been interested in, um, but Memphis are there? Are there players we want to talk about? Memphis has been shifting a lot. Um, you know, some other teams. Th well, Memphis, Memphis is interesting. I think you know, there's the Winslow question. Winslow had a lot of promise uh, coming into this season after his great flashes last year. Unclear whether he'll play or not this year is sort of the fantasy question. And then how he fits with Memphis there. But could be enormous value because that three's been a problem. And yeah. Jay Crowder stepping out has made Kyle Anderson. Yeah. Kyle Anderson looks good again. again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kyle Anderson looks viable. I think I saw a report somewhere that Winslow would play again this year. I don't know okay. how soon that will be. I don't know if it will be in time for fantasy playoffs or whatever. But um, that was a report that I saw that Winslow right. would play. And oddly, I feel like it hasn't helped Melton as much as uh, we thought it might, uh, the right. exit of Crowder and Solomon Hill. Um, have, have his minutes gone up? I don't think his minutes have really gone up. Okay. And he's also not shooting the three really well right now. Right. And I think um, uh, Josh Lloyd was saying he's basically a steel streamer, right. uh, which is obviously good, but, like, you were hoping he could be more. You know, you were hoping he could be sort of a – backup point guard right. with really good defense, you know, with out-of-position rebounds as a guard because um, he's a strong rebounder. You're hoping you can get some assists, uh, obviously the steals, um, and you're hoping he can, he can do a little bit more scoring than he has. So maybe it's just a slump. We'll see. I'm, I'm holding on to him for right now. He's on my roster. Um, but, you know, I'll certainly look at – see, right. the issue for me is even if I wanted to trade him for value, I kind of have some keepers lined up already with Trey Young – Devin Booker, now Isaac, Jonathan Isaac. Are uh, you looking to trade DeAnthony Melton now? Uh, potentially, potentially. We'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> I remembered what I was thinking of because it's, it's not just about um, – to me, it's not just about the teams that have made trades. There have been some interesting buyouts that have um, just changed the way that, that 
minutes are you know yeah portioned out so and the Bucks and Hornets is that where we're going Bucks Hornets and still the Knicks I mean I've actually just been really interested in what's happened with Alfred Payton re- recently we yeah. were we were talking about that just a, just a moment ago um, he seemed furious but, nobody was interested after the trade deadline he exploded like I mean he had been playing well but it went into a different gear he's been in his his old sort of triple double yeah game, you know and uh, and so. I'm interested in sort of end of season how certain players like that show out, you know, because like I sit there and I'm like, oh, I picked him up for a dollar in the draft this year as just a, you know, let's see what happens and hopefully he can provide some value marginally, maybe only in the first half of the season. And now I'm like, could could he if the <laughs> could could he if the Knicks don't draft a point guard, be because they're not going to be good for a long time still be a holdover, yeah. you know, guard for them for a while where he puts up these just, you know, crazy, I'm kind of the only competent I, point guard on the team numbers. It's the first stability they've had at the one in three years? I can't even remember now. It's been a while. Like, and, and I could Who see them the just— Who was the last most competent I, I, player they had there? I can't think of what the what the best one. Ray Felton? Jeremy Lin? Jeremy Lin. We're calling it. It's Jeremy Lin is the answer. Lin Sanity. <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, I think, yeah, it's been like Ray Felton and Pablo Prigioni playing <laughs> point guard for them. Isn't he a coach now? Yeah. <laughs> um, also was not a very exciting player. Very sound, fundamental, but yeah. Right. So, well, uh, I, I brought it up transitioning off of what uh, Kyle was mentioning um, but one of the interesting ones, uh, and this was the buyout market, Marvin Williams going to the Bucks. Um, how does that influence anybody on the Bucks? The other piece of this is who on the Hornets gets some minutes now. Uh, I've been uh, quietly watching Cody Martin all year. Now everybody is. Um, and uh, Hernan Gomez's brother, uh, who, which one is in Charlotte? Willie? Yeah, Willie and Charlotte is also expected to get some time now. Um, Martin, I think, is fantasy viable when he comes back from his injury. Hernan Gomez, I'm not so sure about. Marvin Williams, Kyle, you've, you've, you've followed him for years and years. What do you think? Does he become fantasy viable? I doubt it. Does he hurt anybody on the box? I kind of doubt that, too. I mean, so they... They distribute their minutes so evenly. I actually wondered when I saw that trade if it could mean that they're going to spell Giannis a bit more even as the season goes on. I mean, they're winning so many games by, you know, these 14-point margins that you would imagine that they could even potentially, you know, as the season comes to a close, get him down to, like, you know, averaging more like 28 minutes a game and, you know, really go into the playoffs, you know, healthy, spry, energetic. And he's been out the last two games. They're clearly looking at his minutes and his rest as they move toward the playoffs. James Harden has scored 17 straight points for your live news update from tonight's game. Who are they playing tonight? The Celtics. Who's getting burned then? Marcus Smart. (laughs) 17 on his head. (laughs) Take the mirrors out of the locker room. (laughs) Um, okay, let's see. We have a few more 
possibilities here to discuss. Um, Napier, still fantasy viable? I think he is now that he's with the Wiz. I mean, the Wizards have a tendency of playing everyone. Um, True. <laughs> also, everyone keeps getting injured for them. Um, they're like an all-offense team. So that if, if there is major weaknesses, it's Napier's defense, mostly because of his size. So... If they're if nobody he's with the plays, Wids, it's not going to matter. Yeah, nobody <laughs> so, plays defense there. Uh, so I mean, I think he should get minutes. Uh, how many is, is an open question? And the guy who he's replacing is basically Jordan was McCray, also, yeah, who, or IT, who was also who, very small. Yeah, right. who and and who both of them were fantasy viable when right. they were, you know, when they were playing minutes. Right. But I mean, Thomas, another sad story in a way, was immediately released. Yeah, he was salary. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's just, yeah. Yeah, it feels like he should get a shot. I mean, it almost feels like a um, Allen Iverson situation, obviously, of a much yeah. lower kind because sure. uh, IT didn't have as high of a height or for as long, but a guy who used to be, you know, a number one option or 1A, 1B sort of option, yep. and now it needs to accept a bench role and ha- is having some difficulty doing that. Also, I just, I get the sense that his body may never be right again. He looks yeah. like he's carrying more weight than he was in the past. Um, you know, who knows how difficult it is for him to train now with that hip surgery. That's like a tough thing to recover from. So, I mean, I can only, you thought maybe, oh, wow, he's on the Clippers. Maybe he'll get a chance to get a ring. Um, and you know, not that that, you know, fixes the fact that he lost out on, I don't know, $50 million or $30 million when he got that injury. Or, or the fact that Boston, you know, quickly shipped him out as soon as they got the chance. Well, Jalen, you always like to point out they what, what Richard Jefferson's been able to do now that he has a ring. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you can go on TV uh, and talk, and he could he could just be Kawhi's guy in the media. He could just say only positive things about Kawhi the way Richard Jefferson does for LeBron James. See, this podcast is going to get big, and then Richard Jefferson is going to have beef with, beef with me, Kyle. You're supposed to leave that in the group chat. No, we, <laughs> we, we got your back, Jalen. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not worried about it. Whatever, man. <laughs> Richard Jefferson seems like a perfectly fine dude. I just, I don't know. I feel like there's a very low bar for competency and from your color commentators that are ex-players, <laughs> and everyone's like, Richard Jefferson's amazing. And I'm just like, calm down, bro. That's why most players who get that gig don't keep it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's a lot harder than it looks. I'm sure you also, well, it takes time. You have yeah. to be on time. You have to be prepared, all these sorts of things. So, I, I like like I said, I don't think Richard Jefferson is bad at his job. I just think that, like, there was a very clear trajectory that happened once he joined the Cavs, once he got a ring. And, you know, he's been rewarded for that sort of success on the court. And I think he, like, he's good enough at it that I think it's warranted. I don't think it's too long, though, before people forget who Richard Jefferson was or that he did win a ring and yeah. maybe he gets cycled out. He had a solid career of his own, of, of his yeah, own pre-LeBron, definitely. so, yeah. All right. Um, do you guys have any other fantasy implications you want to discuss? I've run through my entire list here. Um, I don't know if these are fantasy, fantasy implications, but Noah Vonley is now with the Denver Nuggets, which seems like someone they could re-sign at a low price. And I don't know how many minutes he'll get with uh, Michael Porter Jr. there, but uh, they have to re-sign Grant, uh, who's probably going to opt yep. out and ask for more money. If that doesn't go well, now they've got Vonley. Um, you know, Who it's tough it? to count on people getting a lot of minutes outside of their like top six guys Von- in Denver. Vonley's but- really going to come in for Millsap. 
because Millsap's oh Millsap's up. gone next year. That's I don't what think I mean. Millsap's going to be there. If 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 they do happen to re-sign Vonleh, it's really I think in that you know major. There's actually not going to be a ton of cap space that opens up because or how where are they at with that? But, but I don't think they case, have much room not, because not a ton. There. Yeah. I don't think they have much room because Jamal Murray has that huge contract that's, I think, right. going to kick in, in next year. year. Right. Um, I just meant in terms of playing time and the role that he could have, it would open up into the Paul Millsap. Yeah. So I think best case scenario for Vonley and Vonley supporters, who I think played well for the Knicks last yeah. year, uh, is Millsap doesn't resign. Grant resigns. He takes over that starting position. Uh, MPJ is the first guy off the bench, but Vonley is like the next guy at that forward right. uh, power forward position to get all the minutes. Um, and he can play make from there. I think he's a great fit for the Nuggets. If, yeah, if, if you know they give him a little run and, and, and see that because how long until MPJ is too good to be first player off the bench next season? I, I mean, as soon so as they too. trade Gary Harris. <laughs> Like, it's not happening until the off season at the earliest, right? Yeah, I feel like as soon as they move someone out of that starting why did, yeah, lineup, why does Gary or maybe Harris... or maybe MPJ moves into the four and Grant stays off, coming off the bench, maybe that's more likely yeah, what will I happen. See that. I don't know. I think Gary Harris is really not having a good season this year, and he could bounce back next year. But I mean, he just—I just feel like their guard lineup puts a real ceiling on. Uh, their chances and also their wing lineup like Will Barton is the best wing on the team which is why MPJ is so important you know he's a that three four hybrid who can get his own shot who's got size and length who can shoot the three Um, so I think they really need him to pop for them for their championship chances so if when you say that uh, the reason why I was curious about Gary Harris is because do you see Will Barton then moving down to the two and that MPJ comes in as the three. I guess I didn't quite understand yeah, why. Yeah, no, I mean, I think I'm saying it wrong as in equating or relating Gary Harris's departure to MPJ getting more minutes. Like I said, maybe it's just instead of Grant moving into the starting lineup, maybe MPJ moves into the starting lineup, Grant stays as the backup four, um, and then Vonley stays as the third four. Mm-hmm. But I just think I wouldn't be surprised to see the Nuggets move Grant this summer. They were talking about it during the regular season. Um, he's been so great these last two. He's he's three great weeks. on defense, but I mean his numbers offensively this year are not good. Um, but also, I wanted to say as far as fantasy, Dwayne Dedman is probably going to be much more viable now that oh, he's yeah. back with the Hawks. He should, especially for as long as Capella is out, he's the primary backup uh, center. Um, Does his shot come back? That was part of the story. His three point shot. I think he's been shooting well since he got back in Atlanta. It's only been like two <laughs> or three games, but I mean, it's the same thing with Drake, Jay Crowder. He was like thirty one percent from three this year. He's Just shooting super his home well. Court. Yeah, and in Miami, so who knows? <laughs> right, right. All right, I think that wraps up our fantasy pod that follows our trade deadline pod. We are turning off the phantom power. Cheers.